You are listening to Revealing Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into getting over your fear of taking risk in real estate and making money while you sleep. I'm Nico Pedizano, your host and real estate guru with over 20 years of experience. It's time to get real. Welcome back to the show, Revealing Real Estate. Today, we are going to be having a gentleman who's been on the show before. He's been on a few times, but uh, with high demand and, and of course, uh, with his knowledge base in the commercial, industrial, and land development space, it was important that we bring him uh, this gentleman back who's in, by the name of Paul Michelli. He's the CEO of Vanguard Realty. How you doing, uh, Nick? Hey, Paul. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again. You've been a wonderful guest on the show, and we've talked a lot about the commercial space and the industrial space quite often within the show itself. And to make our viewers or our listeners understand, you know, about that space if they're not so well versed in it, because, you know, majority of the people go for the simple, you know, condo pre-construction flips, get that ownership of that property and then rent it out of a house. But in these markets right now, what we're finding is that there's a lot of investors that are currently sitting on the sidelines, liquid with some cash, not really transacting within the business right now because the rates that are currently out there within the market and the amount of payment, that money that you got to put down on it, most of the time is our cash flow negative and they're not generating any income for themselves. And what I want to talk about it, are there essential ways of pivoting in these times where maybe we got to look at different sectors within the market, maybe for my clientele and our database itself is, can we educate people to say, Hey, listen, it's not about stopping the investment. Maybe it's diversing your investment portfolio. And for somebody, even for myself, who's heavily leveraged on the residential space, it's something now I'm considering to say, hey, let me move on to the commercial space because of a lot of issues as well that we deal with on the residential side of the right. of the landlord and tenant boards that we normally that you normally don't see on the commercial space itself. And then we're also going to talk about what I want to talk about with you is the land aspect on it and and what you're seeing because you're you have a big team that specializes in in finding developers land and and that's kind of your job and they'll come to guys like you and say, hey. We're looking for so many acres. What is it that, that you're finding in that space when you're trying to find properties for sale for developers today? And, and what's it like out there right now? Uh, you know, there, we, we've still had a, uh, you know, a reasonably good year on selling land. Like, you know, uh, people, you know, if you listen to the news these days, there's a lot of doom and gloom and things are really slowing down. And, you know, we really just haven't seen that. Like, We've 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 made several uh, land deals with our land services group. Uh, you know, from from January to present day, you know, we've done reasonably well. I, it's it wasn't maybe uh, the best year we've ever had, but it definitely wasn't the worst year either. So we're finding it's a mediocre year. Uh, we're we are definitely seeing uh, some price adjustments. Uh, the, the the price isn't going down, you know, way down, but. There, you know, there is adjustments in the price, and we're definitely seeing a change in the terms. So let me give you a little background on that. Typically, uh, you know, a couple of years back, especially during the pandemic when the real estate market was very hot and interest rates were very low, we found a lot of cash buyers coming out of the woodwork and buying uh, properties and kind of paying them all up front because they were making so much money in their other businesses yeah. and, or finding their own lending or, from or different for, institutions or, or going to the you know going to their their lending institution which had a low rate and, and making that de making a deal with them what we're seeing now is the rate is much higher because land also gets put under that commercial type of 
lending uh, thing. So Correct. It's, so it's a little more than a residential mortgage. It's a little bit more diverse for sure. Interest rates are a little bit higher on that aspect. Interest rates are a little higher. Yep. So what we're seeing now is uh, a term called VTB mortgages. Vendor take-back mortgages are what is happening in our world. Uh, we're seeing a lot of... Uh, uh, people where they typically, you know, we'll just use a number. They buy a, a $10 million farm. They might come up with uh, $4 million. And then the $6 million, they'll run it over a three to five year period on a fixed rate of, say, 4% versus 7%. Right. Yeah. So that that's the type of deals that we're seeing. Uh, we are seeing. And, and you know, it, it's, what we're finding is, if you know, if you want to keep that acre price, then, then the financing price has to has to change. So we can't use what the banks fight and the Bank of Canada lending rates are. We need to we need to go back to where those rates were, probably a couple years ago, and, right? And then we seem to be getting very close to the same numbers. When you're looking for land for your developers, are you finding that the the properties that they're looking for are lands that are probably most likely in the primary plan of development where? It's ready to go land three to five years away. Are most of the of the players in the game looking for land that's 10 to 20 years out in the game, thinking, knowing that there's a lot of upside there instead of buying something that's going to pay a little bit more expensive now? Well, you know, that's like, that, that's a, that's kind of a, a loaded question because the, the guy that needs the land today is usually a developer, right? That he, right. you know, he, so he, he's going to buy, let's say one to three year land. Uh, a lot of condo builders do this, uh, even residential low-rise builders do that. They'll pay the price knowing that they can sell at a certain at a certain dollar value. So the investor, though, isn't really that guy. That's a guy that's going to buy the property and use it. The guys that we find or we're dealing with, uh, several of these type of guys, they're buying stuff 10, 15, 20 years away. So, you know, in our, in our world, we call it land banking. They're, they're banking land. For a future use, uh, some some are just touching around secondary plans, but they're not yet in secondary plans. So, so, just to make our viewers understand, between a primary plan of approval versus a secondary plan of approval, Paul, you may, maybe want to, you know, you probably got a little bit better. Ver- uh, you're better versed in this, but from my understanding, a, a primary plan of approval is something that would be is going to take place within five, ten years of development, and then a secondary plan of approval probably looking between fifteen to thirty years of development. The best, best way to put it really is a primary plan is you ready know, it's to pr- go. It's pretty well set on what's going to happen. Right. Uh, maybe some minor. Set there, with who? Set with the city, set with the community, set with. It's, it's part of a community plan that usually doesn't change very much. And how do you get that information? Uh, through planning departments with your cities. Uh, a lot of it's online now. Um, we have different programs that we use that help with, with, with getting us that type of information. So we, yeah. when we look at a piece of land, we know where it sits, kind right. of right. You know, you know and but, but again, we're getting, we're doing a lot of stuff that is outside of those plans, and because you know what the reality is, a lot of that land's already spoken for. It doesn't yeah. trade. It doesn't trade hands. You know, guys that bought that land, look at it this way: they bought that land ten years ago. Now they've sat with it. They've got it to a really good place. A lot of them that don't have to sell it, why would they sell it? They're going to probably go all the way with it, right? Either take it Sometimes. It, yeah. Listen. If uh, you're in that business. If you're in that business. If you're the, in that business. But if you're not in that business and right. you just did some land banking as an investor and you, and you held your money there, which is very tough on that perspective to get financing on unless there's a, there's a, there's a, a dwelling on that property. Because most banks, 
for the smaller player in the game won't even finance you and then you have to go to private lending or like you said structure a vtb on that right uh and that's where you got to get creative within the market itself to start doing that but a lot of these guys to get it from the ground up there's a lot of money that needs to be invested right absolutely especially if you're you know you're going to engage planners you're going to engage block plans you're going to you know you got to you got to you got to pay servicing costs yeah Yeah. development charges with the city which which is really they only go up (laughs) they only seem to go up well that's why the 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 house of pricing is has gone through the roof is because these charges that are implemented these developers continue to rise and and you it know, just gets passed the, the on to the yeah. yeah well we're, it's got to go somewhere right and it's got to go somewhere correct uh, and everyone you know uh kind of blames their local builder but really he's not really to blame because he's he's incurring all those costs so he has to turn those costs into over to somewhere else right i remember back early on for people that don't know me and paul started when i first got licensed i actually started with paul's brokerage back in the day this was my first year second year within business paul introduced me to the business of real estate and uh from there it was just kind of uphill for both of us in many different perspectives he specialized in one sector of the business and i specialize in a different and i think in as real estate agents that are listening to this show specializing is very key and it's a, it's a huge component i'm sure you can attest to that absolutely but i remember when we first got in you were a big land component guy because you were dealing with a lot of big developers back then in the time and me and you uh collectively were studying uh the process of it and i, I remember we used me and you would go at, at, back then it wasn't even online we had to go to the city remember you had to physically go meet a planner wait for him to come out yeah. Then ask for the maps. Remember then they charge you for the photocopies. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> remember, remember that? Yeah. What we would ask for was the primary plan of approval. So what, what happens is the city will set up projections of what they want for development in certain sectors or certain cities within their community of York region. And they'll say, okay, well, this area is going to be considered industrial. This area right. is going to be considered residential. This area is going to be considered commercial. And then we're able to put an evaluation on a per acre sale price for that value of that property so that if we had if we found a landowner that wanted to sell that property we would know how to price that out right because residential may sell more than industrial industrial may sell more than commercial because you just actually triggered something yeah Yeah, you triggered something because (laughs) when we started years ago residential land was always more I don't know if you remember this, but it was always way more money than it, than employment. Why? Lines. Because you, it was density, right? right? We were able to put more units on that specific acreage of land that you were going to be able to. I'm going to tell you, be profitable. It's not necessarily the case today. It's not, right? Because the cost of building a house today now is super yeah. uh, superseded the cost of building an industrial building today. And, and, and what we're seeing is industrial land has caught up. It really has, especially industrial, especially industrial. You know, uh, not retail maybe or not office, but industrial land for sure has really caught up. Uh, we have a, a big shortage of properties still, even though the market has kind of slowed down and things are a, a little different maybe than they were a year ago out there. We are still at a shortage of industrial properties. Uh, vacancy rates are still below 1%. So, you know, you don't have anybody to move. You can't move guys around. Like, you can't move a guy from 10,000 square feet to 20,000 feet because you don't have it. And, and you want to talk about shorter supply in re- in the residential market to support all this immigration, but how about the right. shorter supply in the industrial space? How many new developments are you really working on? Do you have any new projects that you're working on? Yeah, actually, you know what? We are bringing um, a new uh, industrial condo site to the market. So just for those guys that don't know what an industrial condo is, an industrial condo is... 
is basically an industrial building that is all separated under different uh, ownership titles uh, for different square footages. So we're bringing a, 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 a condo site to the market. Uh, we're launching uh, our tentative date is November 16th. And we're going to be selling uh, anywhere from 1,000 or 900 square foot units to 3,000 square foot units. Um, our pricing hasn't been set yet, so we're waiting for some pricing and stuff like that. But it, we're in a very good uh, Vaughn location, highway exposure. When, when's the release going to take place? November 16th is, I think, we're going to Of do this it. year? Of this year, yeah. Yeah, and... And, and so we already have a list. You know, we, see, we're getting so much activity on that because we're in, that's a good space to be in. Small business, a lack, people, a lack yeah, of supply. Right? It's all about supply and demand. No for sure. There's and location no, there's, works. The location's great. Uh, there's no supply in that in that space, right? So yeah, that we think is going to do very well. Now, uh, other stuff that we're finding, uh, uh, talk about assembly work that we do, like with condo assembly with land, that isn't as busy as it was a year ago because we find that a lot of those projects aren't coming to the market as fast as we thought they would. You know, it's kind of they're. they're well, because of these costs that are associated to developing even these right. condominiums. And uh, time. And, and the time frame that you got up front for it. And the cost of the money today becomes very expensive. Right. Because you got to remember, if developers at the end of the day are not getting a discount on the rates that they're going to be paying, even on a VTB, if they do find structural deals on a VTB on it. But when you're dealing with institutions as well, they're still paying that commercial rate to help development. And then you need... These guys don't come with all their cash to build these condos. These guys get financing to develop these condos. Yeah. When it becomes that expensive, the end consumer is still going to absorb the cost of those rates. Yeah, because and there's that you, fine line between what the consumer can actually pay and what the market can handle and what it's going to be. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. And that's where I think that we're at in certain markets. In certain markets, I think we're at that point, right? Where... Uh, it's not worth it for them right now to no. launch and go up with these projects they because put them on par- it's on too park. risky. Yeah, that's something. However, we do have, a, I think, an immigration problem where we're gonna we need a lot of places for, and we have a lot of bodies coming into the the city every year. Yeah, we need somewhere to put them. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what's gonna take place. We're in a market right now that's very volatile. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion. I think there's a lot of fear, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of the speculators that once were there you know, buying floors are not there anymore on, on the residential side of things. I like the commercial space aspect on it to to really look at maybe allowing my investors that I deal with to me, that yeah. more on the residential, or heavily residential to invest into that commercial project or in the industrial project that you got going on. Just for the reason is, is that if if somebody bought that property itself, are you cash flow pro- positive by the time oh. you lease it out, or is this more set up for an end user? No. So you know what? That's a great question. Uh, we we believe that we have a product that we're launching that works for both. Oh, that's great. Uh, industrial rents have significantly gone up in the last three to five years. I think you know that. I know you dabble in it once in a while. I just so. did one. I did one <laughs> industrial building in Vaughn. I think we were the landlord was getting nine, ten bucks. We hit twenty one bucks. Right. So you know, a lot of times you're doubling up or, or even more than you know two and a half times of where you were. So that is in, in the smaller space, it's even more significant. So uh, you know, when we started five years ago in this type of space, we may have gotten five, uh, let's say seven dollars and fifty cents a square foot. You know, in some cases, we're, we're hitting $25, $26 a square foot net in, in, in those smaller spaces. Yeah. Right? Because it basically, it's a monthly payment. 
So it, whatever that business can sustain and to make that monthly payment, if you can get it in that range, they'll pay it, right? Right. So that's that's where we're, 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 we're getting with that. So we believe that this, and for a user, guys that are out paying that rent, you know, even though the mortgage rates aren't what they were, we are working with some different financial institutions as well, like BB, uh, BDC, uh, Business Development Bank of Canada, mm -hmm. which which helps small business, uh, helps them own their own uh, their own products. Mm -hmm. So we are working with them as well on this project. Uh, so we and you know, and we don't think the rates are going to stay there forever. <laughs> like we definitely think that the rates are definitely going to come down at some point, whether it's a year or two years from now. We think the rates were definitely oh changed. oh my yeah myself as well I, I attest to that and I think that when these rates do come back down we're gonna see this market flourish again absolutely um, in multiple yeah. on, I'll speak on the residential yeah. side of things I see a, a ten to fifteen percent hike in in a matter of one quarter and I think that's gonna happen real fast I think there will be opportunities in both sectors that people will be able to actually start making sure if they wanted to create a different side business or you know, they wanted a little bit more to attain an aspect of, of becoming an investor and, and becoming a landlord. Commercial, industrial rate, now office space is not really. I, I wouldn't recommend office space rentals. Yeah, right we're now. having, we're, you know, that definitely is a, a I think little that's bit of a harder sector. Yeah, that was, you know, depending where. Like, we're finding suburban office is still, still very good. Uh, we're finding downtown core office to have a lot of vacancy. And, and, the reality is I people think, just I don't want to go will, back to work. Downtown. My opinion is that those will be reconverted into apartments. Well, there is there is uh, places in the U.S. that have done that those very conversions where they you know they keep some office and some residential combined. And do you think COVID had something to do with that? Absolutely. That that's a pure quote because before pre-COVID, uh, most of those buildings were at you know, 90% occupied, you know, it's, it was always difficult to get office space. And, and I think occupied. people be, became very accustomed to working from home, right? They don't want to go back to work. Some uh, of those jobs never did go back. Employers are saying, Hey, you're just as productive at home as you are, right. Um, you know, coming into the office and we have all this rental space for you that we really don't need and we can convert into rental space or generate some income from it or find different creative ways to, to I, I think you're going to see that, uh, you know, that, that is something that has been talked about. I know that it's some of the guys that I've talked about it with, it is a very expensive conversion to get to that. But I think as values in Toronto are so much more expensive, there's going to be a point in time where it actually does really work. Yeah. And you're going to see that, right? Yeah. I just want to spin back to what we're talking about because we, we have, we're, we're yeah. jumping, we have a lot. Me and you can always just rhyme <laughs> off on industrial. We can sit here for, for hours. This is what we and Paul do sometimes when <laughs> we're eating. We just talk real estate and, and, you know, I think our wives once in a while tell us to <laughs> shut up and shut it down. Uh, but, but, you know, with uh, when I go back to the game of, of when I first started, and I want to go back because I like telling a little bit about stories, and stories are important so people understand, you know, how, how things have evolved. Uh, and when, when I first started out, and I was going back to that story in the land game, we went to the cities. We used to find out what, what properties were zoned in the primary plan. Once we looked at the zoning and say, okay, we're gonna, we have developers that are looking for more residential, we'll look at, okay, who are the landowners inside that residential area? what hasn't been bought up yet because we know who the players were within the game especially in Vaughn and what what's been untouched and who are still what's the what's the word I'm looking for I guess uh available they're, they're, they're uh, you know, farmers or, or mom and pop or not institutional buyers or 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 or, or 
or builders or you know the people that are bringing it to the next stage correct so, yeah, so they're very easy to, to distinguish who's who exactly so we're looking for for land that's right. not been touched yet yeah. right and and what our jobs were is to go and solicit those owners and try to find out ways right. to see if hey would you guys based on on the current market value on a cost per acre depending on and actually this is a very big terminology as well is how much land is usable right right so we, people have to understand that if majority of the time if you got 100 acres of developable land but 50 acres of that is protected by conservation or there's water or there's a river running through the property green belt there's or there's green belt on that land and only 50 acres are usable a developer is only going to be paying you for what is actually usable and everything else of that component is pretty much then you can sell it to developers as premium ravine lots or or, or somewhat enjoying this episode Leave us a review letting us know what you want to learn next and make sure you're following our podcast to be the first to hear our new episodes every Friday. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for full video and behind the scenes access. So that was a big part of our game. Is the game, and that was 20 years ago. Is it still pretty similar today? Uh, yeah, you know what? We have a little different today than we did 20 <laughs> years ago. There's... Because I don't do it no more. I used to do it, but and people have to understand. Man, in, in that land game, sorry, Paul. I, no problem, no, no, I want no, you to no, get no. back to that point. But I remember in that game, me and you, it was like, okay, we used to have our map of our landowners group and go knock on them. And then, you know, we think we hit one. And then all of a sudden, it was like, ah, shit, we can't make a deal because the land was too expensive. So to really make, excuse the expression, but to make the shit stick on the wall, you had to go through 10 land transactions before you actually closed one. And it, it, you know, you do one or two a year back then. The commission checks were pretty, pretty, you know. Oh, there, good. And, and and that that part of it's still the same. If you you know if you if you hit a couple of good ones, absolutely. There's definitely not come out of as a broker. There's very good money in it. But you got to hit ten to hit one sometimes, right? right. Well, you're, you're, it's a, it's and the conditional periods with land are, are significantly longer than they are with selling, uh, you know, a, a residential house or an industrial building or, you know, sometimes land conditions drag on for six months, right? Yeah, because these developers have performance, man. They'll type in, do, 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 all of a One sudden. One thing we do have different done. is we do have programs now which give us, you know, we were always guesstimating on uh, usable land versus non-usable land. I think you remember that, right? Yeah. Now we have some very good programs that, they give us better discussionary lines, and we're at, and our predictions are much closer than what they were. Right, right, and 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 a lot of guys today they don't you know the prices are of land are significantly more than they were twenty years ago. So a lot of times people engage a planner immediately during the conditional period. So they want to know exactly what they're buying, exactly how much land is usable versus non usable, and exactly what it's going to be. When it's ready to go. So I guess you're working yourself directly or your team is working with planners uh, a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Right? So if you Absolutely. have a farmer or somebody who's owned this land within their family and they got 100 acres, but they don't know how much of that land is actually usable. So let's speak to the person who actually owns a piece of property today and is looking maybe to take some chips off the table in our business, right? right? What and, and but they don't know what the value of that land is. They're gonna call specialty guys like yourself or myself to go in there and, and kind of specialize on this. Yeah. But they don't know what's planned, and, they, and everybody wants to maximize. And our job is to make sure that we want to help people through that process and to make them as much money as they can. At the end game for us is, of course, to make sure that we put as much money in their pocket as possible. That's what we do. We put the we build the relationships, right? We put buyer and seller together. Absolutely. How does somebody figure out? 
what their land is valued at in in my, most cases my the way i would do it is simple the first thing i would do is definitely engage a real estate professional that's the first step why because it doesn't cost them anything uh right off the bat you know they they, they meet with a, a specialist in their market uh and usually from signage uh, from the internet it's very easy to find who that specialist is in your current area mm -hmm. usually right of course uh, so i would definitely go that route and then I would ask that, that person to, you know, give us some kind of a CMA, a comparative market analysis of what's traded, what's sold, how long ago, that kind of thing. And that's going to give you some kind of an indication. And then depending on how far you want to go with it, the next steps would be to engage a planner. And, and okay, what's it going to be? How much density am I going to get? Like, what are the things that are going to happen from, from, from this point in the next five years? Correct. So, you know, it, it depends how far you want to go with it, really. Yeah, if somebody's just and in the process on it, right? I, I would definitely look online today, which we didn't have before, yeah. and just look at, go to, go to the, go, uh, the city website, City of Vaughan website, if you're, if you're based in Vaughan or you can be anywhere, but just go to your, your local municipality and, and you can look online and, and type in primary plan of approval. And in that primary plan of approval, it's going to tell you if your land is still ways away in a secondary land in which definitely decreases the value of your property versus being in the primary plan. Uh, and secondly, what your land is zoned for. So if you're still zoned agricultural, but the future use of that in 20 years from now will be residential, there is value to that. It's just not going to be as valuable if your property was zoned residential today and ready to go to develop lots on there or in commercial industrial lots yeah, on there. Yeah, you're, you know, you're closer, like you would, like you said before, one to three years away is a totally different price range. Correct. Right? And, I, and we're just trying to make people understand yeah. the terminology but if with you, that if language. My, my, my belief, if you had land like that, you'd know it. <laughs> because yeah. there'd be a lot of guys calling you about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, but, you know, I, I did get a request uh, a couple of weeks back and, and, you know, they have a piece of property uh, located in Vaughan. It's not a very big parcel. I think it's two or three acres. And real estate agents are, are consistently knocking on their door, big guys in your game, and, and wanting to know if they'd be interested in selling their property because they have you know potential buyers for it. You know these, these people have been clients of mine for many years, and they ask me, well, what do I think the land is worth? And it's hard for me to indicate what value is until I can really do some research and finding out what the true uh, zoning is for that particular property and when you're going to be able to develop with that land, right? And, and I think... People need to understand that that is the first most critical part for, for us as real estate agents. And that's why you hire us, is to make sure that we're not going to try to leave any money on the t off the table well, for you. You know right? what we're also seeing, Nick? You know, years ago, you know, lots were lots and that was it. But what we're seeing now is, especially places like Vaughn, where density is becoming a very big thing. Like, mm -hmm. where, where, you know, nice corners where, you know, maybe we used to put retail plazas are now going to be mid-rise buildings. So, right. so, you know, if you have the, and, we're, and I'm seeing it, you know, there's, there's parcels along Weston Road, for instance, in, uh, in, in, in Vaughan, uh, north of Major Mac, where you never thought, I, like, a lot of that's going to be high-density stuff coming forward. Mm -hmm. Stack towns. Yeah. Which, which we've no, never seen before. No, nobody had that before. Yeah. So, you know, that's why, you're, you know, you'd be really selling yourself short if you don't know what you have before you sell it. You make a great point. And, and I think... I think today, even with the cost of land, and we're going to go back to the VTB subject on this, 
is that uh, a lot of developers do as well when they're buying these properties and it's very common sometimes these lines can get up to you know the millions of dollars and i've seen transactions up to 100 million Absolutely. you know 200 million depending on on where it is and and how much land we got a lot of times on these v- vtbs paul that these these developers ask for is that they want interest free for about two years on it right so they give you 50 percent down cash now right they'll base they'll give you the value of the land that you are asking for but they want interest free on it have you seen any vtbs lately with interest free absolutely yeah. we have we have seen it within the first uh, 24 to four, uh, 40 uh, sorry 24 months 12 to 24 months we have seen that but the reality is in my opinion it's all math right if the math works, so he's either getting it on the number per acre or he's getting or he's it in the back the end with the yeah. interest. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's all, it's six half dozen of another, really. It's, it, it is what it is. Same thing when you're buying a used car, right? You know, yeah, it, yeah. You know, it's really, it's, you know, it's really, honestly, it's the seller's perception, I yeah. think. Some guys want to say that they got a big number and they want to show that number. So if they take the financing out for two years, the guy gave him a big number, but he's calculating, hey, it would have cost me so much for that two years. And that's all in the price, right? Right. So it's all the way you yeah, slice it. Yeah, really. it's all the way you slice it. But there's a lot of... But, 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 but I am seeing that. Absolutely. Yeah. We have seen that. We've yeah. seen that, uh, especially with, you know, builders like to buy time all the time. Yeah. I think they, they, they know that's one thing they like because... They're always trying to time things perfectly. And that's not easy to do. Let's face it. It really isn't. Uh, you know, they want to open sales offices. Then they want to sell their product. And then they got to put their roads in their sewers. Their, by the time it's all finished, a lot can happen. Inflation right? could rise. And right. now, now the cost of lumber is increased. Right. And, and all of a sudden, all your plumbing and electrical yeah. and everything, uh, your, your masonry work today. You can't find guys to go do masonry right. work anymore. And it keeps and, changing. And it keeps changing. Keeps changing right? Yeah. So, so you're, you know, what you think your charges were today when you bought that land because the developers are only going to be basing their prices on what the value of that house is going to be able to get sold for today. Right. They ain't going to be basing that, oh, in four years from now, that value of that house is going to rise to this. No, they don't. No. it doesn't work that way. No. If they know that they can sell a townhouse today for a million dollars, their performa needs to be shown based on me selling that house today, even though it takes me three years to build that house, because things do change. Markets can go down, markets can go up, right? Absolutely. Cost of materials change on a constant basis. It's a very risky game too as well for, for people to understand that there are developers out there that are currently right now, hey, listen, their profitability margins are big, right? But there's a lot of big undertaking that they also take on that perspective. Wouldn't you agree? You know, the guy, yeah, absolutely, I agree. And the ones that, are even more difficult to predict is the guys that are building high rise buildings <laughs> because they're oh. you're so far out by the t- you know I think concrete you, like I know I have I've bought some condos in my life at friends and family events yeah. and by the time you you know you buy it and by the time you actually get that condo in your hands you know five to seven years have gone by sometimes yes and these guys have put a price on something that got built several years later to me that's a very difficult thing to do I don't know actually how they do it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it well, I think it's going to be adjusted in what they pay for that land today, right? Well, and the land starts with the land for sure, but building it, costs. If they know, yeah, I think if you're going to sell in a condo today at fourteen hundred dollars a square foot, 
they're going to probably based on on that selling factor being eleven hundred dollars yeah, a square they foot. Have they, to. they have to leave those margins in the in play. And they got to hope everything works out for them in between. So it's not as Correct. easy as everyone makes it sound that the builders making all it kinds isn't. of money all the time. And, and that's why I wanted to have that, you on to talk about yeah, this. Right? It's not. It's you know I know uh, a lot of them uh, developers builders uh, on a personal level business level. And everybody always puts the onus that, oh, they're making all the money. That isn't the case all the time. Correct. Things there's, change with them. You know, change. cities, municipalities. I remember when, when I first started on the business 20 years ago, DC charges were at thirty to 40000 a door. Right. I'm hearing in Vaughan, they're hitting close to $100,000 a door, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? So. And you got to pay them all up front when you go get your permits. Yeah. And they want an LC for the roads yeah. and the servicing that yeah, you got to do out there. And if you don't do it right, they're going to pull from that LC. you got to put a guarantee down with the city through that process. It's an important part. And then you got that cost-sharing obligation because if you have other landowners that are adjacent to you that are developing their parcels, collectively, the city wants you guys to do it all together and form a group so that you guys, and it's cheaper for them, to everybody contribute to that cost-sharing obligation where you're going to put schools and parks uh, and the roads and, and pay for it and, and you got to pay for it right <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and then you have developers that have one guy has a hundred acres the other guy has 50 acres and the other guy has 20 acres well why should the hundred acre guy give up more of his land for the park dedication because most likely it's going to end up in his property he's going to say well i'm losing i'm losing lots on on my property because i got to build a park in a school this is why secondary plans take so much time yeah, that's why secondary <laughs> plans take so much time because by the time yes. everybody finally agrees Five years has gone by yes. a lot of times, yes. right? That's why. Yeah, man. But. So it's one of those things that there's a lot of moving parts to the land, to the land side, and you, need, yeah, and you have a, a wonderful team behind you that helps you through the process. A lot of times, Paul and I controversy because as real estate agents, which, which I'm not really seeing in the new gen of, of realtors, uh, you know, we're two, two generations in right now, and I think the generation that's coming up as realtors really need to understand that there has to be some more, more cooperation, grind, right? With, within each other, too, right? right? How many times I, uh, me and Paul, yeah. we're, we're just, we're, Absolutely. we're going golfing together and say, yeah. hey, listen, Nick, I just got this piece. I got a seller who's looking to sell this. You got a buyer that's looking for it. Or, hey, Paul, I got this piece. You know, sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. Maybe sometimes we can put well, people that, together. You know, but you I don't see enough of that happening with the new generation. And, and I don't understand why, you know, because... You know, we have this within our community too, right? Within, uh, you know, every, as, as markets tighten up and product is less, everybody kind of keeps everything close to their hip and they don't want to tell anybody anything. But I got to tell you, you know, I, I never ran my business that way. I always said, you know what, let's get this deal done. Let's move on to the next one. So I'm a big guy about cooperating with other brokers. Because at the end of the day, it's about your representing your client. And the right? truth if, is, if somebody's trying to sell something, you want to make sure that you open up every door and every avenue to expose that property, no matter no matter what money, the outcome money is, is a, how, how you got to share it. Money is a beautiful thing. It's easy to split, right? Mm-hmm. So if it, that's that's that was that was always my logic with working with other brokers, you know, make your deal, move on, and go make another one, right? That's yeah. The, I, I used to love, I remember early on in the days, uh, love coming into the office because every day was a new day for me, right? I didn't know what you were going to come up with today and, right. you know, how I was going to match that client to that specific deal or that house that you had coming on the market. And right now, it's like everything's on. The uh, pandemic's on what, changed our market, our, our yeah, businesses a little bit too. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you know, when we started, uh, 
many years ago, we'd all, I remember sitting in the, in the cafeteria section or the kitchen section of the office and we'd have a coffee and we'd just be changing information, right? And it's simple. How, much, how many times do, did we make deals doing 100%. That? Oh, hey, Paul, remember what that deal sold? Look what right. that deal just went down for. Now we've already, in our minds, we're able to portray what the next deal would sell for, yeah. right? Because that, that set the new president of, of what land was worth, right? Or yeah. what that house was Absolutely. worth. Absolutely. Right? Now it's embedded in my mind. And I think real estate agents today, we used to go, well, my, when I started specializing in the residential game, many times when the house got listed, I would get in my car by myself call in to book an inspection on that property to view right. that property. Right. So I knew specifically what that property entails so that if I did show your client, show a client or I had yeah. a buyer that, that right. came up to the table and said, Hey, I got this perfect house. I've been inside the house. It's beautiful. It's great. Right. You know it. It ain't happening. No, no it isn't. You right. know, and that's, that is honestly a sad thing. I think on our, on our trade, on our, on our community, it takes too much time and people, yeah, and now, 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 now things, know, it's, I, it's I gotta tell you for anybody watching today, best thing i can tell you spend time in your offices with older brokers or brokers that have some more experience you're only going to learn from it you're only going to get there's you're not wasting time believe oh, me you're not uh and but today ever the mentorship since, that you're going to get and the oh, guidance from them and you can't you do know. that over the phone or from a, a facetime call or, or or a skype call or whatever it is yeah i think this is this is i think the, the, there's this is still a personal business and you have to make it personal. Do you agree with that? I, I 100%. But, you know, for us, it's all about the relationship yeah. and the relationship building. Relationship You know, right? for us, it's a simple mathematic, right? Have conversations. The more conversations you, you'll have, the more contracts you're going to get. The more contracts you get, the Absolutely. more deals you do, and the more commissions you make. Yeah, I right? can agree It's just agree part more. of the process, right? Yeah. Um, simplify. Yeah, there's a big marketing, podcasting, social media, a lot, especially in my sector. Little different, yeah. Than ours is a little different, but right. But we, but we still, you know, it's, but you do now. It's becoming more. But, but uh, where, how many guys take that, you know, that past client out golfing for five hours or out for lunch? Or it's the little things that, that build the relationships, and the guy thinks about you going forward. I can't stress that enough with our people. Yeah, but you know, how many are really doing it? You know, I, I don't think as many as they should be doing it. I, yeah, I definitely don't. It's just one of those things that uh, sometimes you, you I, I think with technology moving so rapidly and so fast, and now we got AI and, yeah. you know, chat, GBT, I think people are going to stop even thinking for themselves. Yeah, their way of communicating, the younger people's way of communicating is different than the way we learned, right? It is. It is. It, it is. So, it is what it is, right? You know, now the social aspect's going to be on WhatsApp chat groups yeah. or, or messaging yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of stuff, like even with our team right now, and I find even after COVID that, a lot of the the agents now do work from home, right? Yeah. They, they don't come into the office yeah. as much, and and I wish they did. And well, we're it, getting it, that it, for it, sure in all our offices. We are getting the exact same thing. A lot of work. Down. Well, everybody. The first thing is everybody set up a home office, so they were able to do whatever they were doing at our office. They're able to do from home. They got a phone. They got they're able to use that. And nowadays, nobody copiers, has home. Everybody's using their cell scanners, phones. Right? Yeah. All that stuff is there. Now, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they never, they didn't have that before. So that's one. I think reason, you know, they've spent the money and they've opened this home office. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm still a believer, you know, get into those offices, get going, get working again. That's going to help you. Yeah. Uh, anytime I'm slow and guys like me and you, we talk about this all no. the time when we're busy, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> it, it, we're, we're playing mental games with ourselves when we're slow. We're definitely playing more mental games with ourselves, right? Because we can never Absolutely. be slow. We always got to find when the yeah, thing is. Yeah, you know, sure. now maybe a little bit. Us twenty-two years in business now is just like whatever comes comes, and 
you know, for me, it's just about enjoying and being happy every single day, the first and foremost. And I think everything else and really loving still what I do, because uh, if you're a real estate agent listening to this, please just have fun with the business. Have fun every day. Enjoy it. Because the more fun you have, the more passion you build in, um, the money will become a byproduct, right? And oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, you, and I always, you know, which we had a tough time doing when we were younger, but you can't worry about things that are out of control. Yeah. Stuff you can't control, you can't control. Yeah. But if you keep working hard every day and doing those same things, guaranteed it will pay off. Yeah. Paul, this has been uh, a lead up to another great show. Uh, this is our third show. I'm definitely, I'm sure we're going to have you on again for sure. It's, it, we always got so many things to talk oh, about. Thanks but we only very got much so for having time. me again. No problem. So well, we're, we're excited to hear out this show. This is going to be fun. Uh, for those that didn't understand too much of the land component of it, now you do. If you have land that you are currently looking to sell or you're an investor who wants to pivot right now and verily heavily into the residential side of things, uh, we definitely uh, can give you a call. We'll, we'll have Paul's information posted um, on our Revealing Real Estate on Instagram and on YouTube that if you have any questions for him, you can directly DM him or you can just DM the OP team as well and we'll be able to uh, share that information. And as we said, we definitely are collectively looking to share with each other. So, so please reach out. We're always here to answer any questions you got. But Paul, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks, Nick. No problem. Thanks. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn, your house will be gone. TheOPTeam.com.